Good afternoon and good morning. This is Ashley Kimball of Loyalty 360, welcoming you to another episode of our Loyalty 360 Leaders in Loyalty series. In this series, we talk to brand leaders about what they're seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer, channel, and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Jody Boyce, Executive Vice President of the Fast Casual Denver-based teriyaki shop, Teriyaki Madness, a fast casual Asian restaurant concept featuring a Seattle teriyaki menu with nearly 95 locations in the U.S. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today, Jody. Thanks for having me. All right, great. It's great to have you. And so we'll get started off with our first question. Can you give us a quick history on Teriyaki Madness and all that you offer? Absolutely. So Teriyaki Madness actually started back in 2003. It was two brothers and a cousin who were living up in Seattle and in Seattle, Teriyaki's on every corner. It's like Chicago and New York pizza. Uh, so they saw the need um, that there was needed to be Teriyaki on, on every street corner. And so they were living in Las Vegas and brought uh, the Teriyaki concept down to Vegas. So they started it back in 2003 and started franchising shortly after. Um, Michael, our CEO, got involved about eight years ago, more on a consulting basis, and he purchased the company uh, five years ago. And so that's why we're in Denver now. And we've been much like a startup uh, for the last, uh, probably the first three or four years uh, of him owning it, um, even though we'd been around for a while. So really building the systems and processes. And now we're just taking off like crazy. So we serve huge bowls of high quality uh, meats and uh, rice and noodles and fresh veggies. And everything's made to order and customizable, a really simple menu to navigate. And above all, the food is amazing. It just tastes really, really good. Um, so that is the history of Teriyaki Madness and we're just crazy. That's awesome. And like I told you before we started this off, I'm looking forward to trying it out. I'm going to have to drive an hour and a half to get there, but I'm all in for it and they have gluten-free options. So I'm, I'm excited to try it. It sounds awesome. fantastic. And it's it worth it. Great. <laughs> it's definitely worth it. Awesome. So can you tell us a little more about yourself and all that you do at Teriyaki Madness? Sure. So I grew up in California, went to school here in Colorado, and then my first job out of school was driving the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile around the country for a year. So that's my, my only claim to fame, um, but it was great. It launched me into the food industry um, and into marketing. It's, you know, driving a 27-foot hot dog is, is awesome but it really was all about uh, PR and marketing and um, grabbing some attention around the U.S. So came back to Denver and my whole career has been in restaurants and franchising, um, several brands. And so when I uh, met Michael and uh, learned about Tarek and Madness, I absolutely wanted to be on board. It was everything consumers said that they want um, with the you know, chicken options and healthier and gluten-free and delicious food, simple menu, all the, the right pieces. And so I've been at Teriyaki Madness now for about four and a half years. Um, and my role is basically anything uh, that drives revenue. So finding all new revenue streams, um, you know, creating our gift card program and launching our app and online ordering and our loyalty program uh, and finding what, what is that next, next big piece of the puzzle. 
Awesome. Well, it's so exciting to be on the ground floor of something like that and building something like that. And also, I have never spoken to anyone else ever in my life who has driven the 27-foot hot dog. So that is quite the claim to fame. It is. Still bring it up. Got to bring it up forever. <laughs> you know, it has to be your party conversation starter for sure. It absolutely is. <laughs> So um, in 2019, you all launched a robust loyalty program. So it allows customers to accrue points with every purchase. Can you give us a little more information about the program? Sure. So we, when I, when I first started at Tarakan Madness, we didn't have any kind of form of online ordering or an app or anything. And so we actually launched that piece of it in 2018 and purposely didn't launch the loyalty part uh, until a year later. We just, we wanted to get used to all the um, additional orders coming in through online and the app first, smooth that out, and then add loyalty. So we added our loyalty program in July 2019, and we chose to go with a, a pretty simple, straightforward program using So you get four points per dollar for regular orders, and you get one point per dollar for catering orders. And then your points add up, uh, and you can unlock different uh, redeemables. We have six different levels. So you can Use it, uh, if you have a few points, you can use it for a free drink or you can save them up uh, for that free bowl of teriyaki. And when we started, we only had um, 30,000 members just from emails. They were, it was just our email database and we just got our results from 2020 and now we're at 217,000. So wow. we've seen tremendous growth and that was just, a, that was an 88% uh, increase just from 2019 um, from the numbers that we had grown from that 30 originally. So we're seeing huge growth um, and people are really responding well to it. That's amazing. Yes. And I noticed you're opening up a lot of new, uh, new shops as well. So it looks like growth all around for you. Absolutely. Yeah. We opened 30 locations uh, in 2020. We were, we were slated to do more, but a little difficult in a pick yeah. pick, but 25 of, of those 30 that we opened were during the pandemic. Um, wow, that must have been, wow, that must have been an interesting experience. <laughs> it was definitely interesting and we didn't, we weren't sure how it was going to go and they ended up being the highest openings we've had. All That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely amazing. Well, it's a concept that works with, with, you know, even if when you have the situation where you need to do it carry out, right? So, absolutely. so that's awesome. So recently, um, you augmented the loyalty and rewards program. What else did you add to the program and what goals did you have for the improvements that you made? So uh, we did a few things. Um, we just rolled out an app update yesterday um, with a few intentions. One is to just make the ordering process uh, a little bit more seamless for the customer. It's pretty easy to use now, but we just the easier we can make it, the more people are going to use it. Um, the other piece is that uh, with the pandemic, we uh, launched curbside. So we, we had a lot of technology already in place, which we were very thankful we already had that. So we didn't have to pivot much. We just had to crank it up. And so we had the access to curbside previously. We just didn't have a use for it. Um, now we have curbside and it's, it's growing to be a big part of our business. Uh, so one of the app rollout uh, updates is now when you order curbside and you pull up to the shop to get your food, you can open the app and just click, I'm here. 
and it's going to send an alert to the shop. You don't have to call um, and it'll come and run out your food. And so our vision for the future um, is to keep enhancing that technology um, using geofencing and other tools to where eventually our vision is to be running the food out while the car is pulling up um, so that it's, you know, a 30 second transaction is, is what we hope for. Then that would truly be fast, right? Very exactly. Yep. Very fast. Yeah. That's awesome. So you've already told me a little bit about um, some of the successes that you've had, you know, with the loyalty program and, and signing up so many more, so many more members. But are there any other successes with the loyalty program that you want to highlight? Absolutely. We also just pulled our numbers from pretty much from quarter uh, three and four, and even a little bit in quarter two from 2020. Um, and our loyalty members are spending 16 to 19% more than our non-loyalty members. So for us, that was all the proof in the world that we need to get as many people as we can using our loyalty program because they're spending more. And you know, theoretically, they're coming in more often and, and we're measuring those numbers as well. Um, and our revenue growth in 2020 was 145% more than 2019. So overall, it's, it's proving itself um, to be a, a huge piece of our uh, revenue driving goals for, for the future. And now you know, we're, we're trying to show that to our, our restaurant owners so that they understand the value of convincing customers to download the app or create an account. Absolutely. Yeah, we have a lot of conversations with brands about, uh, you know, really getting it through into with your frontline employees, because yep. they're some of your best advocates. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> awesome. So there's a lot of discussion about emotional loyalty in the industry today. What does emotional loyalty mean to your brand? And how do you measure it? So we always say we take our food seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously. And if, uh, if you get to know our brand and even check out and follow our Facebook page, we have a really fun brand voice. Uh, it's a little irreverent, irreverent it's a little edgy. Uh, I like to have fun with it. And that is a big piece of our emotional tie, you know, with so much craziness and seriousness in the world today. It's just really funny. Some, some of the stuff I see, I still laugh at. Um, and my team came up with it and I see it, you know, a year later, I'm like, that's still funny. So we like to have a lot of fun. Um, you know, we do take our food seriously, but like to be too serious. Um, the other piece of it is that we're hundred percent franchise owned. So all of our shops are owned and operated by individual small business owners. Um, and right now, that's really important. They have really strong ties to their communities. We do a lot of um, fundraiser type events or anything we're involving our, the communities that, where they are. And so that's an emotional tie in itself. A lot of people are trying to support local businesses. And even though we're, we're a chain and we support our franchisees with the programs and processes, they are local business owners and they're running their own shops locally. So that's another big piece of the emotional tie. Absolutely. Yeah. When they're tied to the community like that, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you feel like your members have an emotional or passionate connection to your brand. And do you think these types of passionate or emotional connections help your customer loyalty efforts? 
Yeah, so we've done a few different surveys in, in the past, and we've done um, some research where we actually sat down and did some deep dives with uh, 60 different customers for 45 minutes each. And so we really got to know um, our customer base in different markets. Our loyal customers are extremely loyal to our brand. Um, a lot of that is because it's locally owned or they feel like they discovered it you know, in their own market. Um, another piece of that is our involvement with the community. Um, in, I believe it was April um, or certainly in May, we um, put out a program uh, during COVID to help hospitals, doctors and nurses and uh, first responders where a consumer, anybody could purchase a teriyaki bar. So almost like a catered um, event for a hospital or a first responder, they would pay half. We were matching and delivering it to the hospital of their choice. So we were calling every single customer individually and thanking them for their order. That is awesome. Where would you like it to go? And some customers were, were blown away. Some had a hospital in mind and said, you know, my daughter works at the COVID unit, please deliver it there. And others said, I don't care where you take it, take it to the fire station or whoever needs, needs it the most. So a lot of programs like that, um, they just, they go a long way. It, it felt good for everyone. Um, and, you know, back in April and May, people just kind of felt helpless and wanted to do something. Um, and so we've done a few programs since then as well. We did a um, program just to try to help out fellow restaurant workers in the industry who were out of work. Um, and we offered a, a four top meal at a huge discount to try to help people who were really struggling. So I think it's our ties to the community um, that just go a long way emotionally and get people you know, attached to a brand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. And that, that sounds awesome about taking the, the uh, teriyaki bar to, <laughs> to the hospitals. I, I mean, with everything that everyone was doing there and it yeah. continues to do on the front lines there, that's awesome. And just those little things, I think, um, just show a lot about your brand. So that's fantastic. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about how customers are changing, you know, during COVID and then otherwise as well, they're always evolving. How do you feel customers are changing and how are you adapting to that change? So for us, what we've seen, and, and we don't think it's going away, even when COVID goes away, is convenience. Um, people were forced to use apps or curbside or online ordering, some for the first time, um, who had never done it before. And so it, it kind of launched a new segment of consumers into using technology. So technology and convenience are the, the top areas um, that have changed. Um, and it's not that they've completely changed, but they've just been so accelerated. And so those two pieces aren't going away. And those are our big priorities for us in, in 2021 and beyond. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of people are sitting here going, okay, this is where we thought we were going to be in three to five years. And here we are, you know, uh, nothing like a, like that for a gas pedal, you know, when you, yeah. when you're forced in, when you're forced <clears throat> in, for sure. Absolutely. And, and it does seem like people are going to hold on to that desire to, uh, to have that, that convenience and that, um, that speed too, uh, as well, um, that, that they've uh, kind of grown accustomed to now, I guess. Yep. 
Um, so um, how, tell us how you're measuring the success of your customer loyalty and experience efforts and what KPIs do you and your team particularly look at? We look at a few things, <clears throat> excuse me. We look at a few things. Um, the, one of the most telling is the spend. So what our loyalty members are spending versus non-loyalty members. And we know that they're spending 19% right. more on average. That's really important to us. And then also the participation rate. So now that we have the data and we've discovered, wow, these members who are spending you know, a lot more on average, uh, we need to work on our participation rate and making sure that that is at least benchmark with the rest of the system. Our, our goal is always above that. Um, so we have a lot of uh, programs in place for 2021 to get customers from that first visit to the third visit. Um, a lot of data to show once, once they have their third visit, they're pretty much locked into your loyalty program. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Um, now, what do you see as the next big thing for your brand's approach to customer loyalty? It sounds like you've been doing a lot. What do you see as the next one? So because it's all about convenience um, and we are big believers in technology, we want to be on the, the front lines of what is the next big thing? Is it voice activated ordering? Is it uh, drone delivery? We're willing to, to test all kinds of new programs um, and we feel like the, the more convenient we can be and the faster we can get food in people's hands, the more they want to order from us and be part of our, our ongoing program. Absolutely. So <coughs> you see your brand as being different from your competitors. Do you see the same sort of efforts uh, in the competitive set and what are you doing differently? So our food is really delicious. And I think what sets us apart and that, you know, it's a little bit of just being lucky with what we, the type of food we serve is our food travels really well. So, you know, burgers and fries struggle because, you know, you don't want a cold soggy bun and cold fries, but our food actually um, holds the heat really well. It steams actually on the way. So sometimes it's even better um, when you wait a little bit to eat it. So that's one of the, the pieces. The other is that um, we've, we believe in technology and we, uh, as a smaller brand, have invested in the technology early on. And so with COVID, we didn't have to pivot too much. Um, we had to kind of turn it up. And so what it did is it accelerated, like we were saying before, it accelerated all the other brands to kind of catch up um, where we felt like we were three to five years ahead of a lot of brands out there before. Now they're starting to catch up. So for us, it's it's about looking at um, what is the next big piece of technology um, to keep us differentiated uh, from the others. Absolutely, absolutely. It sounds like you all were well positioned going going into this. I mean, who knew that this was going to hit? I know. Sounds sounds like you all were positioned well. Um, so. As an association, what can Loyalty 360 do for you to help your customer loyalty journey? Keep sharing ideas. I think, um, you know, the more that we all share ideas on whether it's technology or best practices on how to increase participation rates, that helps everybody. So um, keep sharing those ideas and um, having the forums and that's going to help us all. Yeah, absolutely. That's a win all the way around.
All right. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today, Jody. I appreciate your time and we look forward to more to come with Teriyaki Madness. Thanks. Have a great Thanks, day. Ashley. Thank you.